Hello and welcome back. My name is Rick. This is the Voice of Jesus Ministries and we are doing a series called The Promise, which is the teachings of Jesus as recorded by John. That's also known as the Gospel of John. That's the book that uh, we are teaching uh, from and I'm so glad that you are you have come back to join us. Uh, the last time we were together, we were just starting uh, the 10th chapter and uh, we're going to continue that today, but it, uh, as I always do, I'd like to point to this right here, the promise from Jesus at gmail.com. That's for you to contact us if you'd like to write, uh, send a question, a prayer request, or anything. That's uh, a way to contact us other than the comments uh, in the YouTube uh, section. And if you haven't asked uh, uh, a question, please do so. That's what it's there for. That's uh, for you uh, to ask questions or share a thought. Um, we look uh, forward to any emails that pop in and they are completely anonymous so you don't have to worry about uh, any of the uh, content ever being shared unless you ask to, it to be shared and then we will. Okay, so we left off the last time uh, in John chapter 10 and we were right at uh, verse 14 and uh, I said that uh, when we do the next video, I wanted to talk about something that it was really important. In verse 14, Jesus says, I am the just shepherd. Now, he had said that uh, in verse 11 as well. He said, I am the just shepherd, the shepherd worthy to set forth his earthly life on behalf of the sheep. Now, listen. That, that uh, title that he had placed on himself that day. He said, I am the just, capital J, U-S-T, shepherd. I wanted to share something about that and, and what that means. Uh, why he would have said, I am the just shepherd. So here's, here's just to start out. You know, the word just, uh, most people think that uh, right off the bat that it, it has to do with uh, a base a basis of or behaving according to what is morally right and fair and we also refer to it as righteousness all from the word just but here's an interesting uh, rendering of the word just here having a basis in or confirming to fact or reason reasonable okay Jesus says, I am the just shepherd. He is a reasonable shepherd. He's not asking you to do anything that isn't right. Drawing in what we first talked about, what isn't morally correct. He is a reasonable, a very reasonable shepherd to us. A second rendering for the meaning of the word just is this. Conforming to a standard of correctness what is proper okay so when jesus says i am the just shepherd he's telling you that look i am giving you a standard of correctness okay it's a standard what is proper and interesting uh lee enough a third rendering and this is all of uh uh, from a very common and standard dictionary, you can look this up yourself, is faithful to an 
original. Think about this. Jesus says, I am the just shepherd. He is faithful to an original. That's pretty powerful when you stop to think about it. And yes, yes, you know, the original rendering that most people think about when they think about just and not in a legal or law sense is uh, it's based on or behaving according to what is morally right and fair or what is known as righteous. But I really like uh, uh, adding a flavor to this. You know, um, when we when we think about when Jesus said, I am the just shepherd. If you think about what he's saying, he's saying, you know, he is conforming to fact and reason. That conformingness is a standard of correctness. And it is absolutely faithful to the original, the original, the origin, Father. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's very cool, isn't it? It's very cool. Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to bring that uh, to your attention because last time we left off, I said I wanted to share something with you about uh, just. So let's continue. Uh, 10, 14, Gospel of John. Here we go. Jesus says, I am the just shepherd, and I know mine, and mine, they are knowing me. Wow, that is pretty intense. Had a conversation just recently with a person who said that uh, they absolutely know Jesus because at one point in their life, they chose Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of their life. And as this person continued to talk, the discussion um, got a little crazier, a little wilder, uh, to the point to where I, I interrupted and said, let me ask you a question. Does Jesus know you? And the, the person just quickly said, of course, yes, of course, yes, Jesus knows me. And I said, well, that's interesting. And I said, you said that you had chose him to be your Lord and Savior. Did he select you? Did he choose you? Because one of his teachings is, you have not chosen me, but I have chose you. And that you should go forth and bear much fruit. And here, he says right here to us today, he says, I know mine. In mine, they are knowing me. A process. We are, are learning and, and growing in knowing who Jesus is, which is something that's very, very cool. Let's go on. Verse 15. Just as Father knows me and I know Father, I set forth my earthly life for the sake of the sheep. Also, I have other sheep to shepherd that are not of this fold. And it is necessary that I also lead them. They too hear my voice and they will be united as one flock. You know, this verse right here has 
uh, really stirred up a lot of controversy over the years. And uh, I'd like to share something with you about it, okay? Jesus said, I, I have, this is verse 16, by the way. He says, I have other sheep to shepherd that are not of this fold. And it's necessary that I also lead them. Now, you know, typically, typically, most people believe that Jesus was talking about the Gentiles in uh, where he was at. Because they were excluded up to this point. And they were not part of um, what was believed to be of the children of God. And so when Jesus made this statement, I have other sheep to shepherd that are not of this fold. Um, yeah, he was talking about the Gentiles. There's no question about that. He was in Israel. And there the, the Gentiles were not included. But I want to share something with you. I want you to look at this right here with me. You've all seen the globe before. You've all seen planet Earth. Well, if you can see right here, there's just a little piece. I put a little piece of sticky putty right there. See that little piece of sticky putty? And it's actually about 10 times bigger than what it needs to be. But I want it to be big enough so you could see right there, that little piece of sticky putty. That's sitting right on top of Israel. Okay? And just look at all of the land around Israel. Here's the entire nation of Africa. And right up above the, uh, Israel, we get the entire nation of Europe. And we spin a little bit. Then we have Asia. And we have India. We spin a little bit more. We have China. And both these nations today are five times the population of the United States. Wow. Think about that. We just spin a little bit more. We see down here we have Australia. Our wonderful friends in Australia, Indonesia, the Philippines. We go a little bit farther and then we enter into uh, North America. And I don't want to leave out our friends. Let me spin back. There's Israel again. I don't want to leave out our friends that are, are in the... Where are you? Where are you, friends? I'm looking for something. Hold on. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, I spun right by them. Uh, the Kazakhstan, Iran, uh, uh, India. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. South America. Okay, point made. All right, you're looking at this. That is a pretty big globe. Okay. And when he was ministering to the people in Israel, coming to talk to the, the, the children in, in Israel, there is an entire world out there. And that world was populated with people. The people that uh, not only existed uh, in this one little teeny tiny place, Israel. You know, we had an entire world. So you have to think about it globally. You know, um, Jesus was, uh, his mission wasn't just to this one little teeny tiny place. To think that, um, well, that's between you and your religion and or you and your pastor to work out. But, but at the end of the day, he came to the entire earth.
and uh, there were there were that this earth was full of of, of a population of people, and uh, he went out uh, to all of them, and uh, they may not always show their way uh, exactly like uh, our way, or exactly like the way of the Israeli nation, but uh, bottom line. His words, he said this, I have other sheep to shepherd that are not of this fold. Yes, we clearly understand that typically people think that was those were the Gentiles. But I'm just trying to give you an idea of expanding yourself a little bit to the entire earth. And it is necessary that I also lead them. They too hear my voice. And they will be united as one flock. We'll know one day, won't we? Verse 17, he says this, My earthly life is committed for this reason, that I take her back. Because of this, Father loves me. Now, what do you think is being said there? And by the way, I'm using the intralinear version here, so that might be very different than uh, the King James Version or the NIV Version or whatever version you might be using. But he says here, my earthly life is committed for this reason, that I take her back. Because of this, Father loves me. Who is the her in this? Who is the her? The her in this. Give me a second think about it. that I take her back. Because of this, Father loves me. It is the bride. It is the bride. And we make up the bride. We are the bride of Jesus. We, we make up the bride. We are the children of God. Collectively, we make up his bride. And he's taking us back. And why, what is he taking us back from? He's taking us back from the world. You see, many of us uh, in our uh, faith, we get ourselves associated with things that uh, for a variety of reasons, whether it be um, to be in a collective group, whether to be associated with uh, a, a group of people, uh, uh, whatever, we, we end up getting ourselves kind of divided around. You know, I mean, we have uh, different... Uh, persuasions out there and each one of them uh even have subdivisions of of their own persuasions and and we just like we're all chopped up you know as a body and when jesus came you know his purpose was to try and get us rounded back into what is known as the gathering and the gathering is an interesting word it's mostly rendered in most bibles as the word church but if you look up that word and you study that word, you'll find out that it actually means gathering, okay? And that's what he, he's talking about. He's talking about getting his, his body back together, us, her, the church, the bride of Christ, okay? We're, that's what we are. We are the bride of Jesus, all right? And, and getting us back together, getting us all together, united, even the other sheep that uh, you don't know anything about. 
And in the 21st century, with all the social media that we have, and the ability to see things happening all over the world in a moment, in, in, in just a twinkle, okay? There's still a lot of things we just don't know a lot about, okay? And this is one of them. So, Jesus says right here, he says, my earthly life is committed for this reason. Look at this. He says, my earthly life is committed for this reason. It's committed to this, right? That I take her back, that, I, that he gets us together, that he unites us. Why do I say unites us? Because he said it. He says, other sheep, other sheep. He says, I have other sheep to shepherd that are not of this fold, and it is necessary that I also lead them. They too hear my voice. They too hear my voice. And they will be united as one flock. Right after that, Jesus says that I take her back. He wants to, you know, this is the whole purpose of Jesus coming to the planet. You know what I mean? Listen. It was to bring the promise, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit unites us. The Holy Spirit is what binds us together. The Holy Spirit is this wonderful, wonderful gift that Jesus brought to us that was originally, originally in the old days, okay, under the Old Testament, it was for people of unmerited favor. But it's not that way today. Today, the Holy Spirit is for whosoever loves Jesus. That's right. You don't have to do anything more than that. Okay? You simply have to love Jesus. And he needs to know it. Not you. Not you. Jesus needs to know. And we'll see that later as we move on through these chapters here. You're going you're gonna to learn something. When we get to chapter 14, wow, you got to stick around for 14, I'm telling you. It is dynamic. It's amazing. And it's going to rock your world, I promise you. Let's go on. So that was, that was verse 17 where Jesus says his whole reason for being here, he was committed to taking her, the bride, the body, the gathering back. Because, you know, even today, think about 21st century today. We're so divided. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? We're so divided. What is that? You know, this one says this, another one says that, and it says, oh, can we agree to disagree? No! I don't agree to disagree with you. Why? Because I hear the voice of Jesus. I know my shepherd. My shepherd knows me. And I am knowing him every day. So I don't agree to disagree with you. I'm sorry. You keep your religion to yourself. Why? Because I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. True story. Let's go on. Verse 18. I will establish her for myself. Oh, man. Not only is he committed to taking her back, taking the body back, okay? But he says, I will establish her for myself, and I will give her power and authority. What is that power and authority? 
What is the power and authority that he gives us? You know, I'm, I'm going to share just one little snippet about the power and the authority. The power that he gives us is the power of discernment, the power to know, and the power to say, no, I am not going to agree to disagree with you. I'm sorry. I know Jesus, and I'm afraid you need to get to know him. Yeah, I can help you start that and I can show you how. That's a power, a power of confidence, a power of sureness, a power that gives you just an absolute connection with Jesus because you know you're connected. This isn't a, a, a second guess. Well, yeah, I think I, I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I can ask any number of people on any given day and you should try this yourself. And that just asked the simple question that has been an evangelical question for the last 200 years. And that is this. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And you're either going to get a, yeah, or I hope so. Well, I'm really believing that I'm going to, but I'm not sure. You know what? To have the Holy Spirit in your life is to have a power in you that says, in a twinkling of an eye, so fast, so fast, faster than a blink, I will be with Jesus. I will be absent from this body and I will be present with my Savior. That's a power. To know it, You're, you are unwavered, you are 100% sure, and there's no question about it. Now, what about the authority? He says right here, he says, and I will give her, the body, power and authority. What is that authority that is given to us? I mean, think about it. What kind of authority should we as the body, as children of God, have? Well, again, I'll give you a snippet, okay? Because the rest of it comes by the Holy Spirit to you through him. Okay, not by someone trying to tell you, this is the power that you have. This is the authority you have. And you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out there that tell you that, you know, oh, once you become a saved person, once you become filled with the Holy Ghost, and you have power to do this, and you have power to do that. And, you know, let me, let me just, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Because you know what I'm talking about. And then they tell you, you have authority over this. You have authority over this, and over this, and over this. Be careful. Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. The authority that you have is that you have a power in prayer, which is a powerful authority. The authority that you have is to take authority over your own personal life. The authority that you have is to take authority over your own personal life mind between these fingers the gray matter you know the gray area that everybody wants to live in oh hey you know there is a gray area between right and wrong and we all are there yeah it's called the brain gray area gray matter okay you have authority over that you have authority over your life and that's the authority you have. You have authority over your free will, what you're going to choose to do each and every day. 
You have authority over what, how you're going to present yourself, how you're going to respond, how you're going to act. And it is an ongoing process. There is no question about it. We are being produced every day in Jesus. So those of you that think that they accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you all of a sudden just became righteous and now you are walking as a righteous person on the face of the earth. Oh, well, how's that working out for you? Because the bottom line, the authority Jesus is giving you and the power he is giving you is right over you, not somebody else. Not over, the, the, over his written word. Not over what he has to say to us. It is a power and authority over your earthen vessel. Over what you are living in and how you're living in this world. Because your, your purpose here, child, is this. To prepare yourself to go home. And the more power you take over your earthen vessel. The more authority you take over your gray matter and... Your life here on this planet, the happier you'll be, the more joy you will experience, and the more peaceful you will be. Your life will be full. It will just be so full of peace and joy, happiness. With all the chaos going on around you, with all the family chaos with all the work chaos the world okay you by this this power and authority jesus gives you over you okay you start with you you see what i'm saying you start with you that's good so that's what jesus said he said I will give her the body, the bride, power and authority. Moreover, I have taken her back. No one can take her from me. This command I receive from my Father. So Jesus is committed to taking back the bride, her. And then he's going to give her power and authority. And once he gives her the power and authority, listen to what he says. He says, moreover, I have taken her back. I have taken her back. And no one, no one can take her away from me. That's intense, isn't it? I think so. And he says, this command I receive from my father. Wow, that is just amazing when you stop to think about it. Okay, so see, we just went recapping on verse 14 and 15, and we've only went just a little bit here today. But there is so much here, so much to talk about, so much to share. So today we're going to stop right here. And we will continue in our next video. And in the next video, there's a little discord that goes on. 
before Jesus continues in his teaching. And it's very interesting and it's going to be exciting to talk about. So please come back. If you haven't, share this with your friends. Share it on social media. Help get it out there. Again, I thank you for coming back. And if you're new, welcome. Really thank you for joining. Please use the promise from Jesus for any questions. Also, uh, if you'd like to leave a comment on the YouTube channel, that would be wonderful. Don't forget to do the things that they ask you to do, the thumbs up and stuff. It helps in some way or another. I'm not sure. But also, I want to say this. Thank you, YouTube, for allowing us to use your platform for the things of Jesus. That's really wonderful. And until next time, you take care, live strong, live your life for Jesus. Show other people that you know him and that he's knowing you. Show other people that he's your shepherd. And show other people that you are a child of God. It's your reasonable service. What else can we do? God bless you and take care. Jesus loves you. Bye-bye.